Welcome back, everyone, to the Chip Lunch Podcast. I'm back after a couple of weeks off. I yeah. was, yes, I was in America. Yeah, you look very tanned. <laughs> Do I? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave our skin tones uh, for another. You should be wearing like discussion. a Hawaiian shirt, or like looking like you just. Got I didn't go to Hawaii. It doesn't matter. Holiday mode. I bought this shirt is from representing an area of California, Long Beach. Ooh, so oh, lovely. Nice. Yeah. Get off your high horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to trip on the way down. <laughs> um, welcome, Brayden. It's lovely to have you on the podcast as usual. Thank you. Thank you for... Lovely to be here. For filling in the... Yeah, Ethan and I got to run the asylum for the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the chief lunch asylum. Yeah, Let's stop fun. talking and introduce our guest, though. Yeah. Amber, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having very me. Very excited to have you on. I feel like you just speak very articulately. So really? Yes. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably the teacher in me. My, yeah. my, my kids at home probably wouldn't say I speak articulately when well, I'm well, in say? a rave or something. In a, in a rave? Like a, like a party? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> in a rage? No, I didn't oh. want to say rage because uh, that yeah. sounds like really aggressive, but mm. a rave where I'm, you know... Raving on about something. Oh, mm. okay. Sorry, mm. I thought you were like you know a big music festival or a, <laughs> in, a, in a factory in a, oh, in I a do warehouse. I like music. But that kind of music. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> no, <laughs> that type of music. No. Well, how would your children describe you if it wasn't articulate? Oh, well, on a good day, I think they'd probably say I do okay. Magnificent. I don't know about magnificent. <laughs> um, no, but you know, they they would probably say I do all right. Marvelous. Yeah, no, oh, I, I don't know that I've heard those words. I mean, I don't even get called mum anymore. I just oh, get wow. called Amps. Oh, do you? Wow. Oh, yeah. Shorten your name. Yeah, that yeah. Too. So we that's get interesting. So Rich gets Rico, and I get Amps, and so that's wow. like everybody calls us that, including our children. Wow. And all of their friends. <laughs> so, you know, Rico and Ams. I like the friends. That's cool. But yeah, I feel like I'd be disappointed if my children started calling me by my name. Because <laughs> like my brother-in-law <laughs> does that to my wife's dad too. He's like, Eric. I'm like, it doesn't sound like, it sounds like you're talking to your mate rather than your dad. But yeah. yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it really. It's mm. not that bad actually, to be quite honest. Okay. Well, do it's you not even notice anymore? Yeah. yeah, I probably don't notice, Brayden. That's probably the truth of it all really. It's just become just the norm. Something. I'd prefer to be called Ams than, oh, she's a boomer. That's yeah. just, because that's what I get a lot of the time. Really? They, wow. Yeah, we get, we get, oh, the boomers. <laughs> The boomers, yeah, the boomers. <laughs> the like boomers wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, they just, they just, yeah. That's really funny. So they're just like in another room, like, oh, the boomers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they're not often in another room either. Like they're with us, and they'll just say it straight to us really? because you know we'll ask a question that perhaps is not quite. Oh, fate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mm, the boomers. Could you so. turn it into like six white boomers? You're like, yeah, we're part of that Australian <laughs> Christmas song. I keep trying to tell them I'm not a boomer, but yeah. yeah. Clearly. It doesn't matter if you're like over the age of 20 or yeah, you're 25. One you're of a my boomer. friends' nicknames is Boomer, and I'm pretty sure he's not even in his mid 30s. <laughs> <so. laughs> <laughs> you're a boomer. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Amber, it's great to have you on the podcast. Let's Thank ask, you. Let's ask the first question, which is, uh, how do you like to have your hot chips? Oh, look, chips anyway is good, really, oh, isn't yeah. it? 
like they've got to have salt, obviously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. oh, hang know. on, what kind of salt? I know, <laughs> I know, you're going to push me on what kind of salt, but yeah. I just, you know, if they come with salt, whether it's salt or chicken salt, I will eat them because mm. they're chips. Mm. Yeah. You I'd know? like to call out Kath from the last podcast when she's like, oh, is it regular salt or chicken salt? Fine if you like chicken salt. It's salt. It's not regular salt. Nah, it's just nah, salt. salt. Chicken salt. The only reason you call it regular salt is because chicken salt was invented later. Yeah. <laughs> it, you may think it's better, <laughs> but it was invented later. So. I'll eat them anyway. They come. Really? So, yeah. Any sauce or anything? Like you, you're happy with the no, sauce? No, no. The salt's good. Oh, yeah. I meant salt sauce. No, oh. no, just the salt. Oh, the yeah. sauce. No. Yeah, yeah. The salt is good. You oh, know, okay. no, no, I don't yeah. think. I mean, if it's got sauce on it, I'll eat it. But you know, we had chips the other night, and they had parmesan cheese melted over the top of I've them. I've had and that they before. Were pretty good. Where was that at? Uh, that was at Sylvania. Our house. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to put that on the podcast? No, I probably don't. Yeah, we might bleep, we bleep out your address. I was like, wow, that's a cool name for a restaurant. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, no, probably edit that uh, part hang out. On, I'm just going on uh, Google just Maps. Just beep it out, Dave. <laughs> um, she lives there? Oh, my gosh. Um, cool. So you, you're pretty... Is that a? Do you get accused of being a boomer because you can't decide what kind of chips you want? No. No, no. no. They, they would just come. I had some of Braden's chips today for lunch and they were terrible. Terrible? No, yeah, they weren't your fault. They just terrible. were like... Terrible. I don't think they Because they had bad. chicken salt? No, 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 not so much. It's just like... Yeah. We won't, uh, look, we won't see where it is. Let's be real. There's good chips and there's bad chips. 100%. Yeah. Like there's some... Yeah. Mm. You've got to decide your place that make mm. really, really good yeah. Chips. I just think so. terrible is a is a big call. Sorry, it's, it's a strong terrible word. Terrible might isn't be a bit it? too tough. I don't know. I go a bit too far on the like. I don't know. I'm a bit sick of places like Grilled, who are like, yeah, this many chips for like twelve bucks, and you're just like, no, nah. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, especially when potatoes nah. are so cheap. Exactly. Oh, it's mm. ridiculous. Mm. Well, anyway. all prices have gone up lately. Inflation. Oh, and oh wow. <laughs> yeah, we're really getting interesting. <laughs> I don't here. think potatoes have got any more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was about to talk about more where you lived because I looked it up on that, but I won't do that. Yeah, um, do that. I just I was surprised that is a used to be a racing track somewhere in Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Now we can bleep that word out three times. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, <laughs> Dave's just give more work yeah, for Dave. Yeah, Dave, need you to bleep up <laughs> every time one. he says that word starting with that letter. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I did that again, but we'll bleep it out. <laughs> um, and I shouldn't say that. We should just cut the whole thing out because everyone's going to figure out what it is. No, <laughs> I want Dave to have to beep it. Okay. Yeah, beep it, Dave. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, the next question is, how did you become a Christian, Amber? Uh, so. Amps. Sorry, Amps. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. you can call me Amps or Amber, whatever kind of comes your way, really. Um, so I grew up in, um, I suppose, a nominal um, home in terms of my parents were open to Christianity in that they weren't against it, but it wasn't kind of their thing. They'd experienced uh, a family tragedy that had sort of turned my dad right away and mm. made my mum kind of question where she stood with it all. Um, so it wasn't something that was a big part of our family life, although, you know, Sunday school was something that we were sent to, I think, because, you know, they wanted 
us to have an opportunity to, like they used to say, explore religion for ourselves. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think also Sunday mornings, it was great to send your kids off to Sunday school because then you could have the morning at home and yeah. it was free babysitting, <laughs> dare I say. <laughs> but um, I suppose that was sort of the start of, you know, seeds being sown for me. Um, I was really interested in um, scripture at school. So I, you know, absorbed what I learned there. Um, and then in year six, I had a beautiful um, year six teacher. And of course, back in the day in a public school, she was a Christian and there were no rules around <laughs> what you could do or couldn't do in terms of religious freedoms. And she um, used to run a Christian group um, before school. Um, which she invited us to, and when I say us, like invited the students to. Um, and I jumped on the opportunity because I loved her as a teacher and I loved the thought of spending more time with her and learning, you know, what it was that, that she believed in. So I remember distinctly sitting on a, a staircase at school with her one morning, praying the prayer to invite Jesus into my heart. And um, yeah, so I mean, I wish to this day that I could make contact with her <laughs> to yeah. say to her, thank you for taking the time to share um, Jesus with me because I think, you know, she was really the one who who really opened my heart and mind to, to Christianity and to the gospel. And mm. yeah, so... Mm. I kind of, I look back now and I think, you know, all the time that is now being taken away from students having opportunities in school to interact with the Bible and have, you know, scripture and, and ISCF and all of those things, like it's being pulled back and pulled back and pulled back. Yeah. And, and yet I think that's you know, we know it's the time when hearts and minds are so able to be open to God's word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was hard. I was in year six. It was sort of towards the end of year six. Left primary school, went to high school, different kind of kettle of fish. I'd sort of prayed the prayer. I didn't really have a church connection. I sort of floundered around a little bit, sort of trying to find my way with what that actually meant. Um, and then some friends, I made new friends in high school and, yeah, obviously God had it all in hand. They were Christians and they went to um, Sylvania Anglican Church and they invited me to come along. And, you know, there was a beautiful um, older couple at the church who ran, you know, for want of a better word, like a, a, a youth group. It wasn't, you know, a big youth group per se, mm -hmm. but it was a group of young people who were Christians. They were Christians. They were eager to nurture us and develop us in our faith. And, um, yeah, so they, you know, the church there became my family home and, you know, I was then fortunate enough to marry and raise my girls there mm. before. Um, so I had a long, a long 
time in that church community with people who, yeah, will still and are forevermore, you know, foundational people in my life um, and people, you know, who I would consider to be my Christian parents in in many different ways. You you just mentioned parents there. What was your parents' reaction, your actual parents' reaction to your like ever growing commitment to church and being Christian? Uh, I was going to grow out of it. It's a phase. Yeah, yeah it's a phase. Mm. It was a phase. You know, as far as they was they were concerned, it was a phase, mm. um, and I would grow out of it. And not that they were. Um, they, they were not against it. They were yeah. very happy for me to go because it was a nice place for girls to go to. It was safe and, you know, there was a recognition that it was nice people um, and they did good things um, and I was happy and I made good friends and, you know, so they really... I was the youngest of three. Um, my brothers had, you know kind of posed their challenges to my parents (laughs) and I was you know pretty easy and I was I was a good girl I wanted to be good I didn't look for opportunity to rebel like I I I wanted my parents to be happy with me and I was a you know a people pleaser so Mm. that lent itself to me wanting for them to be happy with what I was doing um yeah and so I think you know I was I was there and I was enjoying it and they were happy enough with that. Mm. So, yeah. And what was um, you, so you kind of like you said prayed the prayer when you were in year six. Mm. Did things start to change from there, or because you were saying that you were moving around a little bit or weren't really sure what to do in early high school? Mm. Did that kind of fade off? Do you think or? It's. I mean, it's amazing that God just puts these people in our life, right? Like the oh, year six absolutely, teacher. absolutely. Um, but yeah, did you like? Did you think you you probably? I'm trying. My question is: Did you go from strength to strength from that point, or was it kind of like a bit more of a gradual process? Uh, I think probably. I mean, in the time frame was probably not that far apart, like in that, you know, prayed the prayer, still had time with that teacher at school, so she was quite nurturing mm. and encouraging me along. And, you know, I, I remember her buying me books or giving me, you know, direction as to, to what to read in my Bible. And, and so I was quite motivated. Mm. Um, I guess when I left primary school, went to high school, you know, I I sort of found myself in that sort of like, well, what do I do now? Um, And how, you know, how do I continue to to live out a Christian life? And I probably spent maybe the first six months of high school trying to find my way, which you do anyway. You know, you go from, you know, being the the big fish in the pond to going back to being the the small fish in the big pond. And, you know, I was kind of in that zone checking out, you know, new friends and how do I kind of work this? And, you know, I spent a bit of time with the group of friends that I had in primary school, but I think I could quickly see that they were not the friends that I would continue developing friendships with simply because, you know, they they started to really get involved in stuff that just didn't feel right to me. So I guess in a sense, 
God's spirit was working in me enough that I felt um, prompted by what other people were doing that it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Um, it didn't kind of tempt me to kind of go, oh, I want to do that to fit in. Yeah. It kind of made me go, actually, I don't really want to be doing this, so I need to sort of find a different way here. Um, and I don't know that that was necessarily a, a, a conscious decision going, you know, I'm a Christian now and I can't do these things. Um, I think, you know, it was, it was God working in my life. When I look back now, it was God working in my life and just changing and shaping me and, and I guess leading me really, mm. leading me in a different direction. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I ended up, fortunately, by the way that things worked out, um, the friends that I was friends with in primary school who I went to high school with, they were in different classes to me. I yeah. was in classes with other people. There were a lot of people in those classes that I started to spend more time with. Yeah. And just so happened that a couple of them were Christians and went to the local Anglican church and were just like, oh, you should come along. And it was yeah. just like... The doors mm. opened and I think from there in terms of my motivation and my understanding I was just eager to learn yeah and eager to understand and um yeah I, I think it just took off from there really in many ways yeah so what um primary school and high school did you go to so I went to Sylvania Heights primary school yep. and then I went to Sylvania high school <laughs> <laughs> okay. and where do I live now in Sylvania, Sylvania. have mm. I left Sylvania <laughs> on occasion I come to church at yeah. here a week yeah. <laughs> now. which is a few, like a suburb away from Sylvania <laughs> I work in Hurstville okay um, yeah okay so yeah, cool okay. Yeah. What um, you, you've spoken about kind of God working through your life at especially in high school, mm. and you said that you moved, uh, kind of moved away from a particular friendship group into another because they were Christians. What about um, just your experience of high school? Was it reasonably positive, or we we often like to talk about that because we kind of started chip lunch talking about our experiences in high school. Yeah. That, so that's that's why I'm asking the question. Um, look, it was fairly positive in that I had a really like the year group that I went through in, there was like 178 of us. It was the biggest year group, I think, almost that they ever had at Sylvania yeah, High. Like wow. it was a big, yeah. big cohort for the school. Um, and look, there was, you know, all extremes of characters like there are in every school. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, the group of friends that I had, we, we had a pretty core group of friends that we went through in fact you know I, i'm still in touch and good friends with a number of those girls oh, like great. that i would still yeah. class as my closest friends mm. um so but we very quickly became pegged as the dios which i, I don't even really know what a die it must have been diode but it was some sort of computer component oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. you know we were 
we were academic and uh-huh. we were, you know, focused on our studies and, you know, we were good girls per, per se as far as they were concerned. So, <laughs> Dio, is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty crap name. I know. But oh, yeah, you know what? It was just. No, it's not. I think one of true. the other groups was the dance group because oh, they were a group dances. of girls who did dancing. Oh, so, dance. we used to call them the dance group. Um, yeah. So, you know. Pretty lame, really. Yeah. I was like, what's then. going on at this school? I know, I know. So, um, so did they shorten diodes to dios? Yeah, they. We just, yeah, got it's very Australian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, okay. So I guess. Sorry. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, you know, typical kind of yeah. high school. The in people, the out people. The yeah. I, I don't remember. I think well, my brothers had been at the school before me. Yeah. My like eldest carving, carving a path of Well, yeah, and we were we were very different people. Yeah. Very, very different people. Um, but my second brother, who was just eleven months older than me, um, yeah, he was a troublesome character. <laughs> and um, can you tell us one of the stories? Oh, what did you do? What did you do at school? Uh, yeah, he was regularly in fights and he was oh, down okay. the creek smoking. And <laughs> okay, I meant you know, I wasn't trying, <laughs> I think trying to blow him up. I was oh, just like, no. if he did something funny at school. <laughs> oh, well, he probably did, yeah. but like he, he, was, he was troublesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, people were very scared of him. And so when I came through as his younger sister, I think people, the teachers particularly, would go, oh, you're his sister. And I'd go, yes. And they'd go, hmm, mm. you're very different. <laughs> and I'd go, mm-hmm. Breathe sigh of relief. Yeah, you go, <laughs> Exhale. But I think, from, <laughs> I think from the student's perspective, I, I, like, I feel like people were like, uh, she's Jamie Snow's sister. Mm. And so I think I almost had like this protective capsule mm. around me that people wouldn't. Oh, a bit of a rep, oh. a bit of a reputation. Your well, brother would come after you if you're doing well, it. Well, I, I don't think he would have mm. ever said that. Mm. And he was just as good as laying into me as he maybe was to others. <laughs> like he was, there was, <laughs> there were no prisoners taken at our house. <laughs> like, you know, treat him mean, keep him keen. And you had to learn to stand up for yourself. So yeah. having two brothers, it was, yeah, you know, right. it wasn't like I was treated like the, the precious girl, like it was yeah. um, all, all, um, all strength to them. If these guys had reputation. Is that one of the reasons why you were like, oh, I'm going to be, do you think that's why you're like, I'm going to be the good girl? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. I, yeah. Look. I'm not trying to be a uh, no, no, pop no, psychologist no. here. I'm no, just no, asking, no. Asking I mean, interestingly, both of my brothers were adopted. Oh, okay. Um, my parents, yeah, they they had a baby and he died when he was just before his second birthday. Mm. So that was the tragedy that I alluded to that oh, sort of really rocked their faith. Right, okay. Um, and then they were told they couldn't have any more kids because mum was not able to fall pregnant again. They, she just had some you know, woman's problem that meant that mm-hmm. it just wasn't happening. And so mm. they adopted right. um, two boys um, 
And then lo and behold, mum got sick just after she they adopted my second brother. So he was only a couple of months old and she was really sick. And then they kind of were going, well, I we don't really know what's going on here. Because, of course, pregnancy wasn't on the cards because she was told yeah. she couldn't have kids. And, um, yeah, she was pregnant. <laughs> so that was me. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So, look, and, and we were never, ever, it was never that... I was um, their child and they were adopted yeah. and it was never, ever a secret. Like we knew right from the outset and, in fact, my brothers would still say now, well, at least we were planned. <laughs> <laughs> so, but look, maybe genetically different because, yeah, of course, we were raised, um, we were raised the same and I, I – we, we had the same nurturing and it was the same environment and the same expectations, yeah. the same rules. Just different personalities. Just different personalities. Same suburb. Same <laughs> suburb. <laughs> yeah. So I kind oh, of feel, cool. yeah. yeah, you know, it, it genetically mm. it just may have been that predisposition. Yeah. But, you know, boys, girl, yeah. lots of mm. factors that could have been a part of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think I'm the first good girl in a family where there's rebellious. But I don't think I don't think it was things that I observed in my brothers that made me think that I needed to be a good girl because mm. really the teenage stuff was really when I guess their behaviour flourished <laughs> into rebellion and doing the sort of stuff that they mm would be doing yeah, okay. so yeah sorry did you have a question Brayden no. I thought you were I can. gearing yeah. off you go ahead yeah, please yeah. Um. <laughs> now think of one <laughs> <laughs> no pressure no pressure so you were going through high school did you know what you wanted to do leaving out of high school did you do HSC yeah, like, yeah. I, I was just set from right at the beginning always loved kids mm. I was you know the youngest in my family but when we you know things that my parents were involved with they had friends who had younger kids so I was always the one looking after the little ones if there was a baby in sight I had it in my arms <laughs> I would scoop up you know anybody's kids and entertain them I just loved I loved little ones so um, there was just no question I was going to do early childhood teaching that yeah. was where I was heading and um, yeah so you know, did my HSC and was straight into uni doing early childhood teaching yeah. and, yeah, continued along that path. So, yeah. Um, You're right. And where did you train, train at? Uh, I went to the Institute of Early Childhood, which was yep. at Waverley um, at the time. Pretty sure I, my mum trained there as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then, um, you know, claim to fame, I was in the same year as Greg Wiggle. Oh. Um, <sighs> And the, wiggles, and the Wiggles were, um, you know, trying to launch when we were at uni and we used to just laugh because we were just like... Look at these idiots in different coloured skivvies. What are you thinking? Because <laughs> they were three of them. Three of them did early childhood teaching. Mm, so Murray and Anthony were two years ahead. Greg right. was in our year. Yep. Um, and so... Jeff you was know, asleep. Jeff was asleep. In the classes. Yeah. yeah, he was never there. Yeah. He didn't go there, but he was he was a ring in and a lot older. Up. He didn't wake up. But um they <laughs> oh my God, Jeff. Yeah. 
<laughs> we should have got skivvies for this. Oh, wow. That would have been. Yes. I would have been great. I yeah. mean, if you brought them, I would have put it on. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I, I just always knew that that's what I wanted to do. Lovely. So it was a couple of. I think most of the time when we were at Waverley, it was the Institute of Early Childhood. It mm. became Macquarie University. And when we graduated, we actually graduated at Macquarie University. Oh, that's interesting. <coughs> okay. So. And then where did, where did, like, you obviously were going for early childhood. Where did you go after that? Ah, so I worked, uh, my first job was working in a long daycare centre at Padstow. And then I worked in a preschool at Ramsgate and then I um, ended up in Innerborough for a number of years in between having family and mm. yeah and mm. I'm now working um, outside of early childhood but kind of still in a teaching capacity so I now work at Dane Bank in learning support um, so I'm not effectively responsible as a teacher but I get to teach. Mm. So it's the best job ever. So <laughs> I have all care but no responsibility. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's a really quick fast forward through like the majority of your career. Your, yeah, that's like, okay. I mean, you I'm, can, you can, I don't want to guess how many years it's been, but yeah, <laughs> I'm well, in trouble. it's been, it's been a while. Obviously. Yeah. Yep. What, um, how do you think that your faith, um, impacts you being an early childhood teacher? Um, look, I, would, I would just love to hear this answer, but I think that it's not a um, you'd never go into it as a profession because you wanted to earn lots of money, um, because it's definitely not. I mean, that's teaching, it's probably nursing as well, really. Mm. Um, it's it's definitely a relational job, um, and I think probably um, that also attracted me to that kind of profession. So, but I think as a Christian, I mean, interestingly enough, each of the places that I worked were either based in a church mm. or had some church affiliation um none of them are in except for Innerborough um but the other jobs that I worked in were um managed by the churches um and then um Innerborough we were allowed to be overtly Christian it was you know classed well Actually, when I started there, it was overtly Christian. I don't feel that it continued on that path, but that's probably a whole topic of not necessary to cover. Mm. Um, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> this is a long More bleeping, Yeah, But um, I think that, yeah, it just... It, it, like, when I reflect on all of that, like, I sort of see some... I think relationally I was able to have um, great relationships with people um, and I hope that in time when I come across those people in life that perhaps people would have noticed a difference, that I wasn't just a teacher um, 
that perhaps cared about their kid, but that I actually was deeply invested in relationship and, yeah. you know. Quite similar to the your teacher in year six. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, oh, thanks, Siri. Siri. <laughs> what is this? I don't think we said anything like Siri, but that's fine. <laughs> not a problem. She's a little bit um, temperamental. <laughs> to jump to jump back a little bit, mm. at the same time um, you've gone through uni, how is it being at church and being a young adult? Mm, good question. After, obviously, you've got a core group of friends and you've gone through youth and You've graduated high school. Yeah. How, is it, how was church life during that time? Well, church life was great because we, um, we, the two churches in Sylvania, it was deemed that they weren't um, viable to continue. So there were two Anglican churches in Sylvania. There was one down at the bridge and then there was our church up at um, Sylvania Heights. So it was oh. like St. Mark's and St. John's. And... You know, the powers that be had discussion and conversation about the fact that, um, you know, financially for the Anglican Church, it didn't make sense to have two Anglican churches operating because actually that money could be used if property was sold, et cetera, et cetera, to take out to areas where more churches were needing to be built. Um, And it did make sense because I think dwindling numbers, congregations were, like if the congregations were combined, it would mean, you know, we would have a bit more of a viable congregation. I mean, I was young at the time, so I don't know any of the ins and outs, but I know enough to say that, um, so... (laughs) You know, they thought it would be great because the young people would be so much more flexible to change. So the first congregation that they amalgamated was the Sunday evening congregation. And we were um, quite small up at Sylvania Heights at St John's and so they thought it would be great if they shipped us down to St Mark's. (laughs) And, um, And we were just like oh my goodness, like there's all these young people. So we went from this very kind of small core group of young people down to quite a thriving youth group Wow! that, um, you know, we we sort of fell into. Mm. There may also happen to have been some young men there that (laughs) there hadn't been at the other (laughs) kind of (laughs) prospects. And so, you know, it it was a win-win. We were sort of getting to go to a bigger, thriving youth group. Mm. Um, And, you know, that that actually was really, yeah, encouraging. And it was great. I think sometimes, you know, you can find yourself – in small church context and, you know, you kind of go, oh, I wonder whether there's other, like maybe maybe this is really all the young people mm. there are that are Christians. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really sort of opened up this whole world <laughs> of, you know, going out for coffee after church on a Sunday night and, you know, a big youth group on a Friday night mm. and, um, yeah, just lots of fun activities. So yeah. it, it sort of amplified that whole, like, actually, like, we can 
go out and have fun together yeah. and do stuff and have fellowship and friendship and and all be part of a church community together yeah. and grow in our faith and you know we had house parties and we went off to um Katoomba Youth Convention and yeah. we did all of those great things. We went off to Black Stump, which was such a big event at the time. Um, in fact, we were talking to our daughters about it the other week yeah. and they were just a bit like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> what's that about? The, the boomers are talking about a yeah, festival. Yeah, the boomers <laughs> are talking about a festival. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, yeah, it was – I think it just opened my world. Yeah. Um, in terms of – and I can't remember – well, that probably happened when I was in about year nine or mm, year uh, ten. Good time. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, it was a good influential time. Yeah. Um, there were older Christians in that youth kind of group as well and there were yeah. older Christians in the um, – evening church congregation yeah. as well. So that – and that made a difference. Yeah. That made a big difference because we sort of had a ceiling limit of ages in our kind of core youth group, um, people not much older than myself. Yeah. And, you know, this gorgeous couple that used to run our youth group, um, you know, they were amazing but they were – they met and married late yeah. and so they were sort of in their mid-40s and had like little ones and yeah. so like while you sort of would still learn from them and I like even to this day when I think of them my heart just sings for the fact that they took that time to invest into us. Yeah. Um, you know, they were that bit of a gap that probably... Well, you were missing a few... Yeah, like age groups or yeah, life, you were missing, life stages. Yeah, I you guess. were. We were missing yeah. those life stages, and you know, um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just reminiscing as well about you know we did then like the youth group leader that we had. Like we did have a guy, and like I just remember that they used to. Um, I I don't know why, and you can cut this out if it needs to be cut out, but for whatever <laughs> reason, at that, at that stage, they just felt that they needed to have these sex forums constantly oh. to talk to us about, you know, sex. Shopping. And, oh, sorry. You know, and, and about, you know, what was appropriate and mm. when you're dating. And, and so, like, I just remember there being these panels and I remember them being many of these panels where they'd invite older people, but like they were parents of people that I was friends with or older, mm. older people. And, you know, you used to be able to put your question in the question <laughs> box. <laughs> and then, Nothing like anonymous questions. And then the following week there'd yeah. be a night where they'd have this panel um, and either they thought we were like super sex crazed, I don't know, but like <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I remember, you know, that, that this would be a, a reminiscing theme that would continue to come up and we'd, and so I remember sitting there horrified thinking, I don't want to hear what you've got to say about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, la, 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 yeah. la, la. So, um, 
Yeah, I think when we then found ourselves mixed amongst younger people and people that, like you said, that were just that little bit above us, you know, they would have been people that I would have asked questions to who Mm. or who I would have modelled behaviour off because they were just a bit closer in age. Mm. Um, I mean, I have the utmost of respect now um, for those older people in my life and I can see how God used those people Mm. and, you know, certainly at different stages of your life you, you know, see like they'd had kids and so when I had my own kids they were wonderful models that I looked back at and went, yeah, I remember them doing things like yeah. this and, yeah, so. Hmm. That's lovely. It's <laughs> rather funny too. Um, so is that when you met Richard? That's when I met Richard. Is that when you went, he was, was he in the other youth group? Yes, so oh. he was oh. He was a St Mark's boy and I was a St John's oh. girl. Yeah. It sounds and like when they're the like, private, you know, the, what are the yeah. two gangs? Yeah, the private schools. Oh, you sound oh, like talking West about Greece. I'm talking about West Side Story. Oh, I thought you were talking about Greece. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, don't. What are the two gangs? It's the Sharks and the Jets. Uh, is that West Side Story? You, I yeah. think you know more about West Side yeah. Story than I, I do. I've never watched it, but I oh, know that. You know that one? Would know. you say you're a shark or a jet? Uh, can I say I haven't seen wet sites? Either story. right. Okay. That's what I'm so saying. I, I don't I, know who I the gangs are in Greece. I have seen Greece. <coughs> I don't remember. The pink ladies? Yeah. yeah and oh, the, yeah, the pink ladies. And the guys and with the car. I forget yeah. what they're called. Um, anyway, two rival the gangs. The Thunderbirds or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. It's something like that, Something isn't it? like that. Yeah. All right, the gangs. Yeah. While we do, while we, um, I searched that up. Sorry. Tell yeah. us about you met Richard. Yes, there. I met Richard. He was um, actually he and John Mungden were both in that youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, John and Dee have been on the podcast. I know. Podcasts. I've mm-hmm. seen their podcasts. <laughs> so John, um, John was actually a youth leader ah. at the time, yeah. and um, and he had an amazing influence upon my faith. He he was my leader, and. Um, that might also allude to the fact that there was a little bit of an age gap. So, um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter now, but no, back then no. it was a little bit scandalous. So Richard... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 15 and Richard was 21. So, you know, that we started dating when I was in the beginning of year 10 at high school and he was... 21 and an apprentice and yeah so oh, that would be considered scandalous. well it was a little mm. um it was a little so um you know people were a bit like oh you've got a boyfriend and he drives a car and yeah. he's not at school and is he part of the scorpions <laughs> that's the that's the gang in <laughs> in greece there's that and the so there's the pink ladies like you said there's the yeah. scorpions uh, and then there's the cycle lords yeah. I feel like they're a minor part. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I don't think he was any of those things. <laughs> Sorry. He was just he was just a genuinely nice guy and yeah. um yeah, we we kind of spent a bit of time together and then I think I mean, I hazard to say I was probably the youngest of, you know, my family, but I'd grown up in a fairly adult world, so I was 
fairly mature for my age. I mm. always say to Richard, because of course we went on to have two girls and I always say to him, how would you feel if mm. <laughs> one of the girls brought home a uh, 21-year-old when yeah. like they're 15 now? He goes, oh, no, 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 there's no way that <laughs> But um, I think I think it's sort of it's sort of melded into that whole perspective that, you know, my mum and dad were like, oh, well, he's from the church, so he's a nice boy and, oh, okay. you know, we're okay with that. Like it's sort of – that sort of all seemed mm. okay. So, so he, like, pick you up from school in the car? You feel like you were cool? I occasionally. Yeah. He taught me to drive, which is always a bit hysterical. I think we always <laughs> used to end up at Tarrant Point Bowling Club afterwards because <laughs> I'd um, – really razzed him so much that he needed to have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stressed after this. Yeah, I think it was. But, um, yeah, so look, yeah, I mean, really I, I don't remember much of a time without him in my life. Hmm. So, yeah. That's nice. When did you guys end up getting married then? So we waited. Well, actually, we had a breakup um, after school. When I finished school, we sort of had a bit of a period of time that we weren't together because he was adamant that, you know, I needed to find myself and he <laughs> didn't want to um, interfere with that. My parents were delighted because I think they sort of had this, uh, you know, it's really great you've done that church stuff, mm. but now it's time for you to sort of experience life a little bit. Mm. So it wasn't that they didn't like Rich. It was just more that they were um, they were like, okay, well, now you'll go and live your life. You yeah. know, you'll travel and you'll experience life and you'll, you know, do all of those things. Um, and did you? No, <laughs> no, I went, I, I, I spent, you know, the, the 18 months, I think it was 18 months, maybe it was less than that. It was sort of, you know, we, we broke up, but we didn't break up. We were still in church circles together yeah. when we were by ourselves, we still felt that connection Um I mean, it was the biggest joke. I probably spent the whole 12 months, 18 months begging him to just for us to be back together. Um, and, you know, eventually we just kind of said, yeah, well, that probably makes sense. And because we're pretty much together anyway. Yeah. I think everybody was just a bit like, are you guys together or not together? Because, like, you just, like, appear like you're together all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we married, um, we'd been dating for six years. So I was 21, Rich was 27. Mm. Um, and yeah, we were, like I was young, but I really, it was just a really lovely time because I felt like we were now establishing our own Christian home, yeah. which we hadn't had because he didn't come from a Christian home either. Um, and I just remember, yeah, I just never, just never looked back. It was just such a, such a lovely time to kind of feel that sense of like, now we, we, we start our own kind of life, our own family, our own home, mm -hmm. um, where God is at the centre. Mm -hmm. So, 
That's yeah. Not, yeah, that's not. I mean, I come, yeah, I feel like a little bit similar because like both Karen, my wife, and I come from non-Christian families. So mm. It's a similar thing. You're like, time to start a dynasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so, um, uh, you had said you had two daughters. Yep, we do. Did you? Sorry, I was just laughing. Did you move anywhere out? Of, did you move to Sylvania when you got married? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Richard lived in Banksia when oh. we were dating because his auntie had a house and it was sort of looking like we might have moved there when we first got married, mm. um, which, you know, that, that all sounded good, but sadly auntie died and the house had to be sold. So we, oh, okay. we found how a unit in Sylvania to rent yeah. and so we stayed in Sylvania. You can't take the girl out of Sylvania, no. but you can take no, what is it? Yeah, take Sylvania, the girl out of Sylvania, but you can't take Sylvania out of the girl. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so, so sorry, uh, we're talking about your daughters. Mm-hmm. Can you tell tell us about about them? Uh, so I have the beautiful Hannah, who is our eldest. Um, she is twenty four. She is a high school TAS teacher. Um, Taz. Taz. So she. Tasmanian devil? No, it's okay. technology and applied science. Oh, okay. So actually, she's a food tech teacher. That's okay. her um, major. But I mean, currently, this is her first year out full time teaching. She works mm. at St. George Christian School. Oh. Um, and. <laughs> so yeah. does my wife. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that yeah. before. Um, yeah, but she basically, I think, you know, she's teaching. Food tech, but she's also teaching wood. Um, I think she does, you know, a bit of digital stuff as well. And um, yeah, but she's lots of fun, and you know, just we adore having adult children in the house. Like it's just yeah, <laughs> special. We really, we we love spending time together. I just feel so thankful to God for that. Like mm. just really. Yeah, just really get on and have great relationships. So, yeah, so that's Han and um, she goes to um, Park Road at South Carlton. That's her home church. So we we raise the girls at Sylvania, um, but both of them, by the time they were sort of hitting late high school, were kind of keen to find their own churches and find their own feet. And um, I think Rich and I both felt very strongly right from the beginning that we wanted them to own their own faith. Yeah. Um, that we didn't want it to be about the fact that, well, they're a Christian because you know, or for them to be making statements like, well, I'm a Christian because my parents are Christians. Like we go to church, like sort of coming on our skirt tails. Um, So, yeah, we were really excited at the prospect, but but we said to her, because of course she was the first to go, that we we just said, you know, the only thing that we ask is that you make yourself accountable Mm. to somebody at that church to say, I'm here. Like look around, but once you make a decision... Um, make yourself accountable to somebody at the church and get involved. And commit yeah. to the local yeah. church. Mm. Yeah, commit, like get involved in some sort of ministry yeah. service so that it makes you connected to community. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, so really thankful that she has done that. And then we have Charlie, who is our um, 21-year-old daughter. 
and she is um, a gorgeous girl too. She's just got – I mean, they're very different <laughs> and we often kind of go, wow, isn't God amazing that, you know, just such different personalities. Um, I think it's my favourite part of having kids. Yeah. How different they are. Yeah. I mean, it can be challenging because you have to parent them differently and you have to kind of work out what works with one and what works with another. But um, we're very fortunate because both Rich and I get the girls in different ways, as in one is more like Richard and one is more like me. And so we get the way that they think and we kind of... Yeah, relate that way. But um, yeah, so Charlie's in her final year of communications and media at Wollongong. Um, yeah, we've had a few of them. Yeah, yeah we've had a few so <laughs> we've had a few of those. she's not quite sure what she's going to do with that next year. But mm. um, yeah, she's got, you know, she's got a real creative flair. So I think, you know, God will use her differently. Um, yeah, so that that's good. And um, so she and she has um, a long-term boyfriend and they met at school. They now go to Gaimi Baps. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so really. I'm sort of involved in youth ministry there and, um, yeah. What so. do you think that God has taught you about being, I suppose, first of all, a wife and then a mother? Um, it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> on both fronts. Yeah. Um, I think probably the most challenging thing, um, being a mum, um, the most challenging thing I've done in my life um, in many respects. Um, I think I've kind of learned over time that your children are a gift from God and you have to entrust them to God. Um, that... You know, we can worry about all of this stuff that goes on for them, you know, health or trouble with friends or what they might do with their lives or how, you know. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately you have to recognise that they are a gift and they are God's children and, and he will guide them and protect them and, um, you know, you really need to be committed to be praying for them and committed to actually walking your faith in front of them. Mm. Um, I think yeah. that's kind of, you know, prior, like I think we've always really prioritised church and being involved in the church community and I, I, I hope that modelling that has been an influence on them but I think also... Um, yeah, I think it's probably. I think you you learn a lot of humility as a as a mum, yeah. um, as a parent. I think because I think you know I was an early childhood teacher. You know I got this covered. I know <laughs> I've been training for this. <laughs> I know what to do with kids. I know what to. You know I'm going to bring this baby home from hospital. I'm going to get her into a routine. We're all going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, so not the case. I think, you know, so out of my depth um, in terms of, you know, sleeplessness and, you know, a baby that didn't feed well mm. and didn't sleep well and was super active and, 
you know, I'd go to mother's group and, you know, everybody else's babies were sort of still like this. And Hannah was upright and moving around the room, <laughs> checking mm-hmm. what was going on. And, yep. you know, so I think, yeah, humility was a big, was a big thing. Um, and in terms of marriage, look, I... Um, yeah. Your early childhood training helped you? Yeah, yeah, could have really helped with that. No, um, I think you know we we really grew together, and that was um, yeah. It's it's been um, you know it's it's challenging. You you, but I I can honestly say I I think your love grows for each other, but it grows in a different way. It's yeah. not all that romantic love, but it's that deep you know, love and commitment to actually wanting the very best for that person and wanting to put that person before yourself and wanting to um, see them thrive and grow and I guess ultimately be happy but, you know, just, yeah. And, yeah, I I feel really just thankful because, like I said, like I I don't really remember a time too much without Rich being in it. And, um, mm. yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm just really thankful for him and um, thankful. And, look, we've we've faced some immense challenges and I not necessarily, like, not in our relationship so much but in peripheral things around us that have happened in the family. And, like, I just know that we've got each other's backs and I know that our girls have seen that modelled as well. Um, And I always say... um, I, I read this thing once about, you know, for girls, their father is the model of what they should expect um, from a future partner. And I always say to them, man, I said, your future partners have got a big standard to live up to because I and, – and, you know, in the way that he also treats our daughters because, you know, that's part of it as well. You know, the modelling of, you know – loving your daughter um, and modelling to her that love in different ways. Um, Yeah, and I I really feel, you know, because they're the first man and the the greatest model of what a male should be like in um, a daughter's life. So, yeah, just really thankful that they've had that model and, um, yeah, he's he's pretty special. (laughs) Well, that's really nice to hear that. I was just going to say, you <coughs> we talked about before and the only time I cried on the podcast was when Anthony was talking about his father and son. Now mm. you're talking about that. I'm like, oh, you're going to make me cry again yeah. thinking about my daughters now. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> uh, but, uh, that's okay. It's it's okay to cry. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. That's the things that makes me want to cry the most in my children. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I so struggle with them growing up. Yeah. Really hard. Can I tell you on this end of it? It's actually yeah. great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love <laughs> That's it. That's I love it. You know, we've got we've got young adult daughters, and you know, we just we love spending time with them. Yeah, that's, and you know, that's we've just been away on a family holiday and um, to Thailand, and you know, it's just it's just so lovely. Mm. Like we just and I, and hopefully, I think that they would say, but um, you know, I have other friends who say. 
what you do is not normal, you know. <laughs> and I say, well, what do you mean? And they say, well, you know what goes on in your kids' lives. And I'm like, well, that's a good thing. Well, we talk. Yeah. Like they, they want to be there. They tell yeah. us stuff and yeah. they tell us stuff about their friends. And when they come home, we ask them, you know, like, how was church? Who was there? Who did you talk to? I mean, Richard gets in trouble because he's like, fires questions like, you know, and the girls are just like, stop. Enough, you know. <laughs> so he he's tentative, but I I seem to be able to um, ask Get away with questions and mm. but but you know we we know what goes on in each other's lives and and mm. we're also really open with them about um, what's real in our lives and the struggles mm. that we have and the difficulties that we face and um, I think as a result of that, I hope that um, they will be stronger women as they go forward yeah. um but yeah look it's great when they're little but i can say i love it when they're older oh, they're cool. just really Are you prepared for them to leave home oh <laughs> um look i think it's kind of come sooner rather than later mm. because they're both talking about it um <laughs> we get rid of these boomers <laughs> yeah 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 i keep saying you'll you know miss, yeah. you'll miss us you will miss us um but then there's a part of it that you know, I'm excited about a new chapter of life mm. um, and, you know, I think, yeah, God will have other things for us to be doing and I don't think they will be far away. I know they'll be home for dinner at least once a week or wanting to get something out of my pantry because they can't <laughs> afford to... <laughs> mm. <laughs> ..buy food or <laughs> they'll be needing something. Mm. Um or, you know, alternatively, they'll want to meet us for coffee on a Saturday morning because we always go for coffee. And, and you'll pay for it. Exactly <laughs> right, Brayden. Yes, the bank hey, of... Hey, Mum, do you want to come out for lunch? Yeah, yeah. the bank of Mum and Dad, you know. My husband keeps telling me it's going to close, but he's just <laughs> such a family man. I know that if my daughters even just looked at him sideways and said... Dad, all right. All no. right. Yes. Look, do you need anything? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know that I'm prepared, but I, I know that I'll be all right when I mm. get there. Yeah. So. That's the thing. Like, I just look back at photos. I'm like, oh, they're so young. Like, kind mm. of go back there. Kind of just make that period mm. of life stay there. Mm. Anyway, um, I I need to make a correction. Yeah. The the gang of the main characters. In Greece was the T birds. Uh huh. So you were right, but then there's I knew the other it was ones. Some sort of birds. And then, <clears throat> but then there's the other the other um, gangs that were like, what was it? Uh, the scorpions. The scorpions, because they were a local gang against the T birds and the Cycle Lords. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. just like, this is the thing with like all high school shows, right? They're all like. In their forties, they're all. T- <laughs> yeah, they're all so old. I saw some. I was on the point. I was saying, I was in America, coming home on the plane from America. Someone's watching Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Heath Ledger looks about thirty. Oh in that, yeah, in that film. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I suppose a couple more questions though. Mm-hmm. Is um, you said that you grew up at Sylvania, were there for such a long time. Yeah. Um, what ended you coming up to? Choosing to come to Survival instead. It's just I'm going to do very something very sneaky and go turn the oven on because I'm cooking dinner. Okay, you go turn the oven Friday. on. We'll keep talking. Cooking dinner and right now. So L- I'm just going to go. And it smells so good. Go turn the oven on. So come good. back. Don't worry. I'll come back. Yep. Um, 
I yeah, look, I, I think for Rich and I, we um, the girls had both gone from Sylvania um, to their own churches. And they were settled and established there. And we'd been at Sylvania, well, I'd been there 38 years coming up. Um, And I was involved in ministry there, like quite involved and ingrained. But I I don't know that I saw a way of getting out of it. Not getting out of it, but I, I didn't see a way... I didn't see people that could continue on the ministry. So I think I, I sort of felt that sense of like, I have to stay. Um, whereas Rich was just, he was restless. He hadn't kind of, there was not a lot of people that, not a lot of men, not a lot of people that he felt that he could um, be himself with or that he could actually kind of relate to. Um, and I think just generally we were sort of looking towards the future going, well, what is it that we want to do? Um, and I think we both felt a sense of, you know, we are at a stage in our lives now where we don't have dependent children per se. We are able to um, yeah, dig in and get involved in things. We'd sort of hit a few barriers in that church community with regards to what we might or might not have been allowed to do. Um, and we'd stayed longer than what we had planned to because that had been going on for quite some time. Mm. And we kept saying, well, we'll just stay and see how things pan out. But yeah, I think we just, we got to a stage heading towards the end of that year. Charlie was finishing school, a lot of stuff going on. And we came a couple of times here. We didn't particularly church shop. We just had felt this calling to come and check you guys out. Mm. And, and so we came and we just instantly felt that it was the right place. So it wasn't a hard decision um, in that regard, it was very hard leaving. Yeah, would be. It was very hard leaving. It was very hard telling people um, because we really felt like we were abandoning ship and mm. we felt that sense that people were kind of judging us on that um, and kind of looking at us going, well, you know, what are we going to do? Um, but, you know, we'd really prayed about it and we really felt that God gave us the prompting to do it. So. Mm. Yeah, cool. With no regrets. Yeah. And you come to Sunday morning at Kirrawee? We do. We yep. do. We come to Sunday morning at Kirrawee. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, it, um, yeah, it's been – and look, it, it's – we've had a tough few years um, personally and also with COVID and yet we still in those – this is our third year but we we – feel like this is our church home now and you know we we look forward to coming to church on a Sunday morning and you know we love the community of people and the people that we've met and you know the first time for a long time I I feel confident to say to somebody who's inquiring about church you know in my day-to-day life like come you know like we'd love for you to come along and check the church out and and see. So I think that that's been a really, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's really encouraging to hear too. I think it's like, yeah, it's exciting to hear other people at church saying that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Can I ask you our final question? Absolutely. Because you've been very, uh, what's the right word, generous with your life, telling us about your life. Uh, what do you know now as a Christian that you wish you knew when you were a younger Christian? Um, I think probably that every stage or every challenge or every situation that you find yourself in, um, God is preparing you for the next stage. Mm. So you don't actually have to worry about the next stage mm. because God is preparing you for that. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, like, when I look back at different things, you know, and in the midst of it, you are always, depending on what it is, you're always a bit thrown and, you know, your sails feel shaken up and you don't really understand why or what or... Um, but I can just so clearly see when I look back upon my life mm. that... God has done certain things in my life and I've had certain experiences so that it prepared me for the next thing that I would have to do. Um, and so I think it, it just gives me great comfort and great confidence that, you know, I, I don't have to worry about things in the future because I know that whatever that looks like, God will prepare me for that yeah. in time for that next stage. Um, and it's certainly, you know, the, the next stage may not be smooth sailing, but I can trust that God will prepare me for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, in whichever way that he determines. Yeah. I may not like it, <laughs> but yeah. um, I think, yeah, I think definitely um, I, I think if I, that would have been helpful for me to know that yeah. in my past to sort of see going forward in the future. So, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Brayden, do you have any final words before we... Um no, no Wrap final words no. of prophecy, testimony, no. <laughs> personal <laughs> reflection. <laughs> How did the oven go? Was it all right? It's good. I just, I just had to turn it on. Last time I I started cooking the, the potatoes way too late. That oven takes forever. So I just oh. had to turn it it's on. It's a new oven though, so yeah, it should be better. It still takes forever. So what are you cooking? Uh, so I've got oh, 24-hour pulled pork that's been on since yesterday. Oh. And then I'm um, just it's cooking really some potatoes to go with it. It's really good come so it goes nights. a bit further. <laughs> I think any time you come here, there's food. So it really yeah. kind of doesn't matter, does it? That's a great The breakfast that's spread, food, yeah. the dinner oh, yeah. on Lisa, Saturday Lisa's nights. Amazing. I actually didn't know there was dinner on Friday nights as well. Oh, didn't you? We had meals at all our gatherings. The juggernaut every just keeps on every, going. Yeah. Every, ga yeah, every gathering store involved was a meal. Yeah. yeah. You're as right, they should just be there all the time. Yeah. As they should be. I need to be fed when I come here. No, also, but you know what? It's I just I love it. It's just such a it's such a way of gathering people together. Oh, really? It's just yeah, it's so really so amazing. And and you know what? I think for people coming to the church when you're a newcomer, it's just such a great way of connecting with yeah. people. Yeah, yeah just absolutely. give them a biscuit. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rack off. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but uh, you might. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's no. like it's yeah. helpful for conversation. Yeah, I think, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, 
But I think it is time to wrap up the chips, as we like to say on the podcast. But I think, Amber, it's really been lovely to have you on the podcast and really enjoyed your insights. But I, and it was interesting that you were saying that, like, God's always preparing you for the next stage because, like, just thinking about some of the things that you've told us, and I'm sure, unfortunately, we don't have time to have to hear everything in your life, but you're talking about, like, preparing for the next stage is, like, you had that year six teacher who got you ready to become a Christian and then what happened with your church and then also with early like the early childhood teaching and all that kind of thing like it makes a lot of sense and even when I asked you the question about are you ready for the kids to leave mm. that's exactly what like what you're saying you you it's almost like I don't I'll be okay because I'll be prepared for it mm. and that's I really got that from you so that's been a real encouragement mm. to me that I think you you wrapped up your life very well <laughs> in that way i just didn't tell you all the messy stuff yeah. <laughs> that's right we'll say next podcast yeah director's cut yeah, director's, part two. yeah that's right extended edition yeah. um but yeah thank you so much for coming on thank you i know that you were me. saying that initially you're like oh I was, you know i'm unsure to come on but you, you did a great job so thank you thank you so much thanks you guys make it very easy oh this is a lot of fun yeah as always good. on chip lunch podcast uh keep listening We'll wrap up the chips. There'll be another podcast out next week. Yeah. And this is episode 56 of Chip wow. Lunch Podcast. Wow. So we're almost, we're like. We're getting there. We're getting to 100. When mm. it got <laughs> his episode 100. So <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> it might only go for five minutes, but we'll see. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thumbs up if you want to be on episode 100 <laughs> on YouTube. Um, thank you again, Amber. Thank you, Brayden. Uh, we always like to finish with a one way if you so wish. One way. One way.